Yo, what's up? Thanks for checking out the Paycheck to Profit podcast. I'm your host, Robert Johnson. Today, we're going to be talking with Bobby Souza, and we're going to go over all things STR or short-term rentals and real estate and get into just the balancing act of, of everything in life and you know, really looking forward to it. This is actually my first time talking to Bobby, so this will be a great conversation just getting to know each other and learning a lot. Bobby, welcome to the show, man. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to to talking uh, all things, you know, short term rentals, but really real estate in general, and um, and just about you know how how does that uh, intersect with the the day to day world? Uh, you know, having having a family and and um, having a daytime you know, W two job too uh, as well that I'm I'm currently in. Uh, so looking forward to it. Yeah, totally. So yeah, why don't we start there? Like, what is your W two that you're in right now, and how long you've been there? What do you? What's your kind of your role there? So I work for a, a SaaS company, uh, and so I'm in the tech space. Uh, I have been in data and analytics for oh ten years now. In that uh, for that company, actually. Uh, coming out of college, so I got a degree in actuarial science, right? So, um, you know, pretty uh, good at math, uh, and but I actually minored in statistics, and so I really oh, wow. kind of got uh, I fell in love with like numbers, statistics, and and actually from a I'm a big sports person too, so <laughs> I love like you know I learned about sabermetrics and and how do you applying statistics to sports and you know and uh, I so I got I was huge into that um and I used that degree I didn't want to go the actuarial route um and it was just boring to me but it it uh I think it was unique on the resume so I, I ended up landing at a company and as a data data analyst and you know that role has become more and more popular over the years and uh so been a data analyst now I lead a team of data analysts and Nice. I've been at that company um, and, and they, they basically, you know, software as a service, that's what SaaS is, right? So they, oh, okay. uh, they provide a software to, to uh, businesses. It's a business uh, B2B and um, pretty large now, but I've been there 10 years. So I know the ins, ins and outs of the, that industry and, and uh, but I've used a lot of the analytics skills and then the leadership skills. And the relationship building and the, because I worked on the relationship management side. So I learned a lot about um, building relationships with executive, like executive presence, really building a team. And then also sales was a component of that too. So all of that has actually really helped me um, where I'm at today in translating, you know, a lot of the things that you have in your W2, you can use if you have the right mindset about it, you can use and translate that into the the things that you want to do, which in this case for me is like real estate and and hospitality, and so that's uh that's kind of where where I started and where I actually still am today in the W two. Nice, dude. Yeah. So um, so SaaS, you said it. It's software as a service, right? Mm -hmm. So what's yep. the what's the company you're working for right now? It's uh UKG. It's a okay. so they're they're on the Miami Heat jerseys. Uh, they're HR and payroll software company. Oh, okay, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So, um, uh, there's a lot of those companies out right now, right? Like, ton. <laughs> How long is? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 
I mean, they're yeah, big. Like, it's it, yeah. They it, it's it's too like um huge huge company. It's they you know they they merged uh is Ultimate Software, which is where I started working. They were on the Miami Heat jerseys, oh, okay. and then they merged with Kronos, which is another big player. Oh yeah. And now that's UKG, so they're one of the biggest, if not the biggest, uh, HR payroll software company, or I guess HCM, Human Capital Management, okay. uh, in the in the country. Wow. But yeah, it's good. Wow. I mean, it's a lot of dynamics when you merge, when companies merge together and when you bring businesses together that have very different styles and different processes. And it, it really, you have to keep a, an open mind. Um, and I would say it, it strengthened my, uh, like, you know, the ability to keep, keep an open mind and, and really understand where people are coming from, processes, how do, how do you ensure processes align? How do you make such a big company run, right? And, and a lot of that stuff I'm using today at a smaller scale for the, on the real estate side, funny enough, and, and kind of building out our business, although it's more of a startup style, right? Like you have much less um, resources, but it's yeah. still the same principles, same concepts. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so when uh when you were talking i was a couple things before we move on so before the recording started you were talking about your own podcast that you did in the past about uh fantasy football and mm -hmm. when you started talking about your statistics degree and i was just like putting it together and like oh yeah it's huge and you know like obviously yeah. in the fantasy football but you probably took it to the next level <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i'm i'm in i'm in a lot of leagues um <laughs> and I mean, I love it though. It's, it's the, that, that to me is very enjoyable. Uh, yeah. like I like, you know, I like building, building, uh, uh, a team of, of players and using data and trends and, yeah. um, and really using analytics to, to drive those decisions. And it's kind of like having a portfolio in stocks in a way, yeah. like if you yeah. have a bunch of teams, you're diversifying, you're finding a way to, to, uh, strengthen, like, you know, your positions in different, because each of those leagues, right? A winner takes money. So it's, right. it's still like, there's a component of that too. And it's just fun. I, ha I have a blast doing it. Um, That's awesome. I've been doing it for, for years now as well. But yeah, yeah. I have a lot of the experience with like the fantasy or the podcast stuff, setting yeah. up, you know, all the equipment and um, yeah, it's, that was a lot of fun. I bet you have some crazy spreadsheets, huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I do. I, it's funny is like in the analytics space, like as, as soon as like you start to move away from spreadsheets. So like I use them now for yeah. our business because it makes sense to do so. And, but ultimately like in my day to day, I'm, I'm working in, in a data warehouse. We're querying oh, sure. like yeah. data. We're running millions and millions of row of date, like of data records and we're doing so anything but a spreadsheet so it's funny like in right. the analytics field yeah. people were like like please no spreadsheets right like most accounting and finance departments <laughs> and these big companies they all use spreadsheets and yeah. it's like you know so it's just funny that you say that but yes i did have spreadsheets um and then i ended up actually funny like on my laptop i built out a a data warehouse um within my own that i could actually store data inside of it so oh, wow. being nice. really nerdy but yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's fun good stuff that's awesome. um i'm kind of applying that now to in the real estate side and like really you know focusing on pulling uh pulling lists of of 
properties for um for like someone that I'm partnered with to make calls all day. Sure. They, you yeah, know, yeah. pulling that data and being able to store it and put it in a place where we can keep it organized and kind of like that integrator role. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've been able to apply a lot of the stuff I've learned to that, which has been which has been nice. It's funny to see it come full circle like yeah. that. But yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, let's jump into the real estate stuff. So you uh you're doing STRs. Are you uh, from what I could tell, you have some that you own, but then you also own a property management company that does like handles STRs specifically. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So we, we have, um, so we started a uh, co-hosting company, right? So basically we, we assist, um, homeowners, investors in running their short-term rentals. And, uh, you know, the, it just like you would think of like a long-term rental and you need a property management company. We're, mm -hmm. we are, we're not a managed, we're, we manage everything, but we basically will for full service, right? We provide, um, everything and the investor or the property owner or the vacation rental owner, uh, sits back and they, you know, they collect a, uh, a percentage every single month and we just run everything for them. And we sure. really got into that space because, um, ultimately like, you know, the short-term rental space grew and, and grew exponentially and went crazy in during um the pandemic right like astronomical like it, it's yeah. it's so funny when you when i'm underwriting deals because i do a lot of underwriting the the norm then was like if you don't have 20 percent cash on cash return like don't even touch it and now <laughs> it's like what i would i i i mean now it's like 15 could 15 work is like you know 10 like yeah. just because uh especially here in florida right so i, I live in florida and I live in South Florida and Boca Raton, but we manage properties throughout Florida. We can manage anywhere when um, we've shown that, like we do anywhere within Florida, but we also can manage anywhere outside. However, we stuck with Florida to begin with, um, and we have uh, four properties now in, in Kissimmee, like in the Disney market. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And then we have three down here in South Florida, like Fort Lauderdale, Lauderdale by the Sea, and then we have two up in St. Pete, St. Petersburg the west coast and so we're continuing Thanks. to grow we're like a more of a boutique company we want to focus on luxury but we provided okay. that service um like you know we've all been growing co that co-hosting that's all co-hosting yeah now okay. one one is owned by so um me my my wife Kristen, and my uh and my business partners philip and jen that we all came together and started this company now they own one uh, in Disney as well that we manage. Okay. So the whole goal was well, one of two things, really iron out our processes and build out our automations, build up this company and get it to a place where we can then invest and buy short term. Now we have cash flow coming in from these these, these properties that we're managing, co-hosting, then buy our own and run it through our, our, our machine that right. we've just built. Yep. Um, and so that's kind of the goal now. And that's how I got into creative financing was through because and, and from an acquisition standpoint, just the numbers weren't making sense uh, sure. doing conventional, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So how active are you guys? Like, I know you said you have the data warehouse, you have all your leads going in. Sounds like your teammates, the one doing the calls for um, finding yeah. deals. I'm just curious, like how, um, how many properties are you looking to acquire? How many, um, like, what's your strategy uh, for your leads too? Like, where are you finding your leads? 
Yeah. Um, so from a short-term rent, from a co-hosting standpoint, uh, it, on so I'll show up to both, I guess. From the co-hosting standpoint, it's really um, focused on a couple of things. Uh, agents, right? We work with agents and um, we can help, we help provide a market analysis and underwrite for them in, in exchange, uh, you know, like when they sell a house recommend, you know, we have a man, we have a co-host service that can take care of everything for you on the short-term rental really allow you. Uh, so we've gotten a few deals like that and have built really great relationships with agents that way. And then, um, the other aspect is, um, more, uh, we have the inbound, like we have our Google SEO, like Google and our website, like we get some leads from that. Uh, we've gotten a one lead that we still have to this day, one of our best performing properties from somebody found us on Google, right? So we're just making sure oh, we stay awesome. on top of that. Yeah. And then outbound, it's like find out some of, some of these bigger companies, which is like the low hanging, uh, with, uh, like Picasa or Evolve. They, mm -hmm. They're not great management companies, right? They're too big. So they don't have the attention to detail and that people want uh, that you went ideally uh, signed up for. So that's where we come in, right? We have more of a boutique focus and we can take, but we've taken business from Focasa and Evolve um, uh, multiple times now. Like there's three, three of our listings that we've taken from there. That's another source, right? Just finding those properties and, and yeah. kind of... Um, doing the same thing you would if you were to purchase it. Uh, uh, skip trace and find the owners, reach out to them, let them gotcha. know we're out here, right? Like you know, we have a service for you. And so that's, we do it, that's for co-hosting. And then the acquisition side of it, where we're trying to invest on our own, it's the same concept, you know, prop stream or uh, just finding lists uh, of, of deals that fit uh, certain criteria and then try and pitch creative financing whether it's subject to or or seller financing where where it seems fit so we've been doing that that has just now started to come over the last like couple months okay. we're really starting to okay. ramp that up and then we still have the prospecting for our co-host services right right so you've been obviously focused on co-host for for a while now but now you're looking at how do we actually acquire these properties for ourselves so that you can you can essentially double down like you've you're you're making all the profit instead of half the profit or whatever that split is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Great. I mean that's all that's why we got into this. It's uh it's just so funny. Um in twenty in twenty twenty two we uh gosh it's crazy how fast time goes. Um it's <laughs> right? we you know we, we did a refi refinance um of our of our place to take that money and put it in somewhere and mm -hmm. uh Again, this is before I knew about creative financing. So everything I would underwrite, it's like nothing was working. And Florida has been rough because insurance um, has gone up like crazy oh, right yeah. now. Now they just introduced like six new insurance uh, like companies within into Florida, which should which oh, should make it that's good. which should be better. Yeah, that's yeah. So that's good. We'll see how that goes. But property tax is the other thing. It's been insane, like mm. absolutely crazy to where the Those point is like will kill a deal. <laughs> Oh my Real gosh, quick. every time. Yeah. yeah. So like I found so many amazing like opportunities, like agent outreach, like there's there's deals there and it's like, oh yeah, we're interested, we're interested. And and that's sometimes the hardest part, right? Is like getting them to understand that you can do a subject too. And 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 once you get past that barrier and then it's like you underwrite the deal and it's like, cool. Well, uh yes, the the uh 
principal and interest is great because you have a low interest rate from whenever you bought, but um, the insurance and property tax in whether it's Osceola County um, or Polk County, which is like the Disney area, sure. which has gone up like crazy, or Broward County which, or Palm Beach County down here in South Florida, it's it it kills it kills the deal. Yeah, yeah. So totally. that's been rough, and and so we have to we had to pivot. I bring I bring that so um, we also what we what we recommend in certain cases is like don't you don't depending on where you're at as an investor right if you're an investor and you're trying to go hands off just realize right like paying for a co-host services it's not ten percent like a long term long term management is is simple very easy right sure. short term is you know you're dealing with a ton of turnover you're dealing with um, you're dealing with you know uh, key management and you're dealing with a ton more of volume, right? And uh, and from a standpoint, it's hospitality, right? It's not just long-term, like every now and then you'll have to send someone yeah. out there. So you're going to pay yeah. for that. But if if you if that's going to kill the deal, the other thing that we've started to offer is like, hey, we can, uh, we can provide a service where we get you onboarded, we get you, right? Because that's the most stressful part, right? Like those first yeah. four to five weeks of onboarding a property. Uh, and once you get there, we'll, we'll be there for you for the, like the first three guests, uh, three, three reservations. And then we'll start sure. now you can run it yourself. You can save your, um, uh, 20 to 25% additional that would have went to a co-host company to, to now yourself. Right. And then that's a service yeah. that we're providing now. And, and we're being honest with that because we don't want to kill a deal. And just ultimately it's, it's difficult to do it. Like it, what, uh, like 2021, 2022. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a great option, I think. You know, good for you guys putting that together because, you know, just realizing the fact that not everybody can do this long term, but you know, if they just need to get kickstarted. I'm curious, yeah. like what does that look like? I'm do you help with furnishing? Like what's the the A to Z on or the high level A to Z on on getting that set up for somebody? Yeah. So we do um so it'll start from in the onboarding process, right? Like First and foremost, it's uh, yeah. The two things that might take the longest are getting your the applications and the you know all your tax, like the things, the administrative stuff that's not fun. But if, as part of the county, as part of the state, and uh, as part of the city, even like what do you need for ordinances to be in mm. compliance? And that can sometimes take a long time because you might need a someone to come out and inspect the property. You might need so it, it, it's all different. Like Osceola County, different than Polk County, different than they're all so different. It's wild. And it's because it's still so new. Um, sure. So that we do, it's like, we help with that right out of the gate. Like, what do you need? That's um, a huge value. To, yeah. <laughs> in itself. Right. And every time we do it, it's, it's so, uh, it is not fun to, to do, but, um, you know, we set that up and then the other thing is the furnishing, right? Cause it might take a long time to, or, so we have a designer that you, that is a service too. And, um, basically they will help you from a to z depending on the market right like kissimmee um davenport you have to be so themed out like disney like yeah toy story room and moana and cars and monsters inc all that stuff you have to be so themed out and uh or else you're not going to stand out because there's over you know there's over like thirty thousand rentals in in kissimmee um, right so you have yeah. to be um yeah thirty two thousand active rentals so you have to stand out. Great market though, because it'll never die. You know, like people are always gonna go to Disney. Like it's just totally. and they're gonna build a Super Mario World there. Like 
great market. It's just margins are smaller because there's so much volume. Um, but then the, you know, basically we the design, get that ordered, get whatever it needs. The inventory, huge. Like, do you make sure you have the right inventory for the less headache? The, the more you are prepared up front, the less headaches because you will encounter some issues and the ability to do that, uh, have enough inventory on, you know, and then getting the right cleaners. We help, we'll help train the cleaner. Like we'll help get them ready to go. Mm. Basically at the end of it, um, even for your first three reservations, so you get the idea, we can, we help set up the uh, PMS system, right? Like property management system. And that yeah. sends automated messages. Like all that stuff we help set up basically from, from A to Z. Cause then the only thing you have to deal with is the, um, you know, monthly, like doing the taxes, if Airbnb or wherever, whatever platform you're renting it on doesn't remit taxes for you, you have to do that. And then you have to deal with craziness that you get sometimes with guests, <laughs> with hospitality space, you get some pretty crazy yeah. stuff. Yeah. I like that. Um, I like that not only because it, you know, it gives a, a person or an investor some, some opportunity to um, take that on themselves. You know, if they, they maybe need a little bit of help at the front, but they really want to take it on, but uh, it helps them in that regard. But it also, I don't know if you've had this happen, but do people realize after that they take it over that that's not for them and then they come back to you because they mm -hmm. saw how well you handled it? Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yes, exactly. It's, um, they, so, and that happens a lot. Like we, uh, so it's cool being in this industry and it's still like, it's still new. Like they, there's a conference that goes on every year and I have to, I'm going to miss this one, which I'm bummed about. And oh, what's funny is like Pace, Pace Morby's going to be at that, this STR wealth conference in Nashville. So I've been mm -hmm. the last, uh, since when they started those and, um, and I, you know, I'm not going this year. But why, why aren't you going this year? Because we just had a baby and, and I'm oh, basically, right. we're not going. Yeah. And it's right <laughs> yeah. in February. Like if it was in March, I would maybe, uh, but yeah. And, but it's such I, a great I just time had to pull that out, dude. Congratulations on the, on the newborn. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's definitely, um, throwing a, uh, it's just a, a new, um, thing to account for in the day to day. Yeah. Totally. Uh, pretty big. Um, but it's, it's been, it's been fun. It's been fun. I'm enjoying it. And it's nice to, you know, I, I you know, have my W2 and what's funny is they just implemented a, uh, they went from four weeks paternity to eight weeks, like starting December oh, 1st. That's so awesome. I got super lucky uh, with that. So now I'm out until in the end of February, which is nice. So trying to take advantage of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I was just going to kind of wrap up what, what I, when you ask that question, um, it, it happens a lot. Uh, it could even, it even happens the other side where, uh, you manage, then they're like, this is easy it's because they're sitting because sure. you know, the owners, I get it because we make it look easy. Cause we, we don't, we hide a lot. We don't bring a lot to that. You don't have to deal with that. Right. But everything like we have such high ratings because everything we, we act with 24 seven, we act right away. We send out whoever we need to send out. Like we make it, we do things the right way and we make sure it's, we do right by the guests. And that takes a lot of giving a, giving a crap, right? Like, so if you care, yeah. um, and it's, but that can add a lot of stress. So sometimes owners, um, and, and that's what I was saying. I went to the conference, it's such a small circle. So we're around a lot of these big players. 
some of them own boutique hotels. Some of them have like yeah. 30, 40, 50 properties in different parts. And, and it's all like the same, like, like there's different problems like that. The owner will be like, Oh, I'll, I'm not run it myself. They run it. And then they come back. They're like, no, I'm giving it back to you. So it'll, you know, <laughs> either way it's, it's, uh, it's good though. It's, it's been a fun experience the last like, um, year and a half building it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, like you said earlier, the fact that you, you have a process driven mind, it sounds like. So that aligns perfectly with this because I can imagine that there's a lot of, um, people helping third party, you know, like people coming in, like the cleaners and maintenance and things like that. So you probably have these, these, uh, processes built out for them or, you know, SOPs and, and things like that. I'm sure it's just helping you be as successful as you are. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, the main thing there, I just, I just wanted to call out was like the, uh, that is such a big factor, especially if you're managing from dis a distance and yeah, is that's what I was getting gonna that get into team. actually. <laughs> yeah. Getting that team like around you having yeah. the cleaners are by far the most important. It's like your point yeah. guard. It's like the person that's going to be is like your eyes and ears. And they like, we have some rock star cleaners and it doesn't always start out like that. Like we've gone through a couple cleaners, um, before we found a team, people that feel like they're also growing with you and part of a team. And that's, sure. that's been fun to do, but it, it's hard to find, uh, and across everything to your point, like right now I'm dealing with the toilets broken in one of the places. Like I gotta, we gotta set that up, make sure the guest is good with them entering, like all the little things yep. we got to find somebody for that. And that's more challenging, but so long as you got your cleaners, like you're 80% there, like that is nice. That's money. <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. I was actually, uh, going to lean into and ask if, uh, how does it work setting up a out of market short-term rental for somebody? Do you, do you have the, you said you have the ability to do it, but what does that look like? You know, building those teams, like say you're in Florida and somebody comes to you from Phoenix and they say, Hey, I want you to help co-host this. How do you get there? Yeah. Yeah. So we have, we have a pro, we have a process, like we have SOPs, we have a, it's all, it's all cons, the same concepts, right? Like you're building a business, you're building a team. It's the same thing that no matter where you go. So we take those principles and we apply them to wherever we go. So even if it's out of state, out of city, out of county. So for example, we just went into St. Pete, um, mm. St. Petersburg and you know, we don't have uh, cleaners out there. We don't have a handyman. We don't have anything out there. Um, but we know how to put that together. We know how to put it together relatively quick. We don't let it slow us down, just like anything else, right? Like, you know, it's not going to stop us from, we know exactly how to do it. Like, we'll go up there, we'll visit it. So whether it's out of state and stuff like that, we're going to go there and visit it, get a feel for the property. Um, but then ultimately, we start the interview process. We get people in there and, and working. And if they don't, we have certain things like if they're not taking pictures of everything that they're doing, if they're not keeping us in the loop, if they're not punctual, like, you know, we got to find an ACE, an A team. And so we go through that process just like you were with anywhere else. And we've done it um, quite a few times now uh, in different uh, locations where we're starting out new. So we just rinse and repeat that process. And, um, and we have all those things built out from, from our experience and, and we get them plugged into our, property management system and and uh it's been good so far so ultimately 
I, that's what I would say. We kind of, we just rinse and repeat and, and go through our process no matter where. Yeah. Yeah. It just goes back to what you were saying about having SOPs. So now you have all that built out. It took you time to put that together. I'm sure at the beginning it was, you know, you're, you're learning as you go, you make updates. And then now you're to a point, like you said, where you just rinse and repeat, you go into a new market, you have the documents, you interview people, I'm sure. And then give them an opportunity with the documents and, and track how that goes. And then you find, like you said, you, you find some people that work and, but it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And as Trial long as we error. don't let it impact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And what's, what's cool is, um, so long as ultimately the most important things in this business is like, is the guest experience and just making yeah. sure that you don't fall flat on your face in the beginning and, and get getting, you know, those five star ratings, um, to be very like, uh, objective about it, like getting five stars is things screw up all the time. We have things happen all the time, but it's actually like how we respond to it, how quickly we respond sure. to it. And, and like, you know, we, so we've turned so many situations like me and, and Philip, my business partner, and just like, look at each other and we're like, oh yeah, we're getting four stars, but we're going to do everything we can for this to get, yeah. uh, and we end up getting five stars and it, it's, you know, they, people understand that that things can happen. That's what you're staying at someone's home. So, yeah. so long as you uh, are attentive to it and very sympathetic or empathetic to, to it, then, then you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, and uh, that, that kind of goes with everything in life. I think like it's how you react to things not what happened because shit's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. That's, and, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So you just, carry that on into your business, which is great. And I would agree, like from a guest perspective myself, I I haven't done any hosting, but I would, I would definitely agree that, you know, from my perspective as a guest, it doesn't matter if I come in and like, you know, something wasn't clean, right, or whatever, or like it wasn't prepped the right way. As much as it does, like, how are you going to handle it? Are you quick? Are you um, attentive to what I'm asking for? And do you take care of it? in a, in a timely manner, all those things kind of add up to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, I wanted to go back. You were talking about how you really focus on luxury and I, and actually you said a couple things that kind of caught my interest. Um, you're focused on luxury and obviously the market's different now. So I, w- I'm curious, like, what's your take on it? Like, how does, how do you feel so bullish on luxury when the market is kind of like short term, you know, there's a lot of heat on it right now. There's a lot of new ordinances and, and city laws and things like that, where it's keeping people from being hosts or restricting the way you can host. So I'm just really curious of that dynamic of like, okay, the market is saying, we don't want you to do this pretty much. And you're like, no, I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it as luxury. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so ultimately there is a, there's a lot of, uh, research out there, um, too, that, that supports this, right? So air DNA, right. Which is a big company that a lot of, a lot of people that are investors or, um, definitely in the short-term rental space. know, And they, they pull air, uh, Airbnb data as well as VRBO data. And they have a, they're kind of like the, the OG, uh, one of the OGs in, in pulling all this data together and aggregate. And they have data 
since uh, pre-pandemic and um, all the way to today, right? And you can see mm. basically what has been happening where, where people are saying the sky's falling and Airbnb and it's a bust and all that is really, it's just normalizing. It's coming back down to pre-pandemic levels and it's still growing, but the inventory shot up so high, right? And in, in, in South Florida, in like Fort Lauderdale area, you'll see growth. It's, it's grown um, like uh, nearly the other 8%, right? Year over year. It's grown 8% and you can see it just steadily growing um, every single quarter, every year. And now they're at, they have, they have a ton of volume. And so that obviously will impact the occupancy and that sure. impact to occupancy um, on top of the idea that now that we're coming out of the pandemic, right, there's going to be more international travel and we've already seen it um, with how the economy is uh, now. It's, it's just changing the travel behavior and we're seeing that coupled with volume. So, yes, it looks like it's it's very hard to find um, deals. And it's very hard if you are not a good operator to to uh, basically optimize and have your your listings um, making money, like making what you expect. Now everybody should have a tempered expectation, but ultimately what it's done is it's separated the the very very good operators and everybody who used during the pandemic just threw up an airbnb listing and set it and forget it and they'll be fine no matter what because they're going to make a ton uh, on it it is really now focused on are people really dialed in to their pricing to their occupancy to forecasting out and seeing like where's the trends going like what do i need to i need to price optimize my pricing so that i can make the most i can uh, but also get it filled how are you doing with your upsell are you selling additional experiences and things to guests and making sure that they also provide references to other guests like are you really in the hospitality business or sure. are you just throwing this up there and hoping for the best that's the difference of like the services we provide we are always on top of the latest and greatest in all the technology and the trends of what we need to focus on to get it optimized but it's still down so back like to your to your point of luxury space Luxury space actually has not taken as big of a hit as the um, the rest of the vacation rental market. Luxury, uh, AirDNA put out an article too, but luxury is actually still seeing a growth. And it's, you know, the, the folks that are staying in luxury. And again, you also, you want luxury, you want, you want homes with, uh, you know, depending on the market, four, five plus bedrooms, like in South Florida, you want mm -hmm. eight nine, 10 plus bedrooms in Disney, but all these families come together and they want to stay there and it's better than sure. staying at a hotel. So you just have to know your clientele. You have to know where you're at and you have to know, you have to look at those trends and you can actually see the differences in luxury listings versus the rest. And so to us also, the other big decision for us to go into that space was no matter what it takes the same, maybe not onboarding and setting up a property because it's different setting it up but it takes the same amount of time for us to run a two bedroom one bathroom apartment than it does to, to run a five bedroom luxury home on the intercoastal there's not a right. difference really it's it's the same thing you're you're dealing with you're dealing with guests 
you're it's the same exact thing the cleaners have a difference and we pay the cleaners sure obviously more for the but it's not any different so we want to get the most um the best the way that we can provide our services and feel very confident in being able to like really give it our all in our boutique operation is go to the luxury hit home runs in that space and it'll benefit us especially with a smaller team um but then also benefit the owners, right? Because we're focused on there. We know the luxury space and um, and we give a crap. So it's like, that, you yeah. know, that, that's, it's just a recipe for us to be able to be good in that, that space. Um, yeah. Over a long period of time. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I mean, that makes, that makes a lot of sense to me where, you know, it, it is really, it's market driven. Uh, it, you know, like you said, being by Disney, you're going to want as many bedrooms as you can because you have so many multifamilies coming and traveling together and you know if you go and rent a a two-bedroom one bath like you said and maybe it's not themed out like how do you succeed in that when you have so much around you the inventory is so high so uh from that i kind of took away you know know your market use the data that that you have available so like air dna and make sure that you're following the patterns of successful operations already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, use um, use that that enemy method, right? Like, look at the uh, look at your competition, yeah. and yeah. and really analyze them, and you can see the ones that are succeeding. You can you can tell a difference um, with design and everything, and that's just the marketing, right? That's how you get eyes on it, and then you get bookings through your cop, you know, through your copy through your uh your rating your reviews from other guests so so then it's really about the operations how dialed in are you into a point where your um other guests have stayed there and they love it and and now you're popping up at the top of the page uh but to your point everything i what we're seeing a lot of is people are selling like crazy right now because they bought in um Mm -hmm. during the pandemic and maybe their rates are high uh, but they are struggling. They're struggling because they're seeing occupancy go down and they think it's 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 really just correcting itself. But people are struggling because their their premium, you know, their debt service is high and property taxes is increasing and things like that. So you're gonna see volume start to 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 decrease as well. Um but it's it's just interesting to the most important thing when we're underwriting is be conservative, write your numbers and and have that understanding that here's my floor but here's my upside and everything that sure. we underwrite it stink we, we tell realtors all the time like when we're working with realtors or we're working with investors it's like nope that's not a deal that's not a deal that's not i say so many times and it stinks it's just like you know I, it feels like uh you know yeah. just negative you know <laughs> but it's it's just true it's just not a good deal for short-term rentals given all the expenses you have on the str side right yeah so uh I was just thinking about this and you probably, I'm sure you follow row built on, I don't mm-hmm. even know if I'm saying it right, but on Instagram. Yeah. Rob, 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 yeah. Solo, yeah. yeah. Um, and just going back to the luxury thing, like you, you need to know what you're doing, right? Like he had a, uh, I remember he posted about this where he had a property that wasn't performing well. It started dipping and he could have sold it off and he went the other way. He actually leaned in and he spent, he invested a lot of money into, um, I think it was like a basketball court or sport court, you know, something mm-hmm. and like added more amenities to, to bring that 
experience up and he ended up making it one of his best performing assets. So it's just really like, yeah. I was just thinking about that as we were talking and wanted to call that out. Like you really probably are getting, getting a better bang for your buck when you go into that luxury or add experience. It doesn't even need to be a luxury house necessarily, but if you have other things that you can provide, that's going to separate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know what you're referring to, too. I think it's the one that he has with David Green in like Arizona. It's like a massive um, luxury home. And uh, and he showed the numbers on it, too. And and no, it is it is incredible. And and that's what we try and work when we're working with investors or owners. We're trying to get them to realize that because the more you spend in that, it's only going to benefit you. It stinks sure. because you don't really, you know, it's different than long term where it's just like do whatever you can minimum uh, to save. Yes, you're kind of doing that in certain aspects of design, but also just know like experiences. There's one Airbnb that crushes. Um, somebody else had a post on this. I don't know where it is in like Tennessee or Georgia mm. or Carolinas or something. Like, but you see all these properties are like mediocre, and and then this one is like stands out. It's like oh my god, it's making so much more revenue than everybody else. And you look, yeah. and they have like a wall of like water guns. Like they have like a. <laughs> Like it's literally, they're just all <laughs> hanging on the wall. And so like they are it's like awesome. gone after. Yeah, exactly. So it's like parents will see that or whether you're like a bachelor party or something like you see that and you're like, oh my God, that's freaking cool. Like we yeah. got to stay there. And so now like you're creating that experience to your point. And that doesn't cost, that doesn't cost a lot. So how creative can you get? And then depending on where you're at, like, you know, it, but it, that's the, the most important part. Can you stand out? And then like, what's that experience you're going to bring that? People aren't going to get in a hotel or people aren't going to get in any other listing because people aren't spending money to do that. They're not focused on experience and hospitality. They're focused on um, revenue and right. for, their, for their Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a trap a lot of either people or companies get into is, you know, you're so focused on the bottom line that you miss these opportunities to see the possibility of what you could do. And yeah. 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 Oh man. That's great info about SDRs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. A little, it's, it's a, it's fun stuff. A master um, class on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's so much, there's so much to it, but it's, it's still a, it's still a, an area that I'm very much like, uh, I, I think it's, it's going to continue to be strong. Um, it's continues to grow Airbnb and a company in itself is crushing. Um, it's just separating the really unique experience places and and the top operators from from those that are just yeah. you know average and uh, so it's good though yeah. I'm bullish on it. I also like the boutique hotels and those things are still short term stays, but yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of opportunities still. Yeah, awesome. So what's what's next for you? Like, what do you see for the next you know three to five years? What are your your goals that you're you're aiming for? Yep. So for, for us, uh, like we want to get, um, we want to get relaxed days, uh, our co-hosting company, we want to get it to at the end of this year, like we want to get to a point where we're making, um, over like 50 K a month in gross revenue. Right. And we want to have a, we want to have an experience for, for, um, for guests that 
like we want to have like a travel blog like we want to have like these curated experiences for guests like we, we want to create mm. something that um, really helps us stand out because uh, we're actually invested in, in the hospitality side of it and so we're we're focused on building that out and um and really hammering on the properties that we do have there again because we because we you know we want to be in the luxury space it doesn't yeah. take as many to get there but when you hit that it's not just throwing it on airbnb it's how do you market it like how can you do wedding events how can you do so like we really are dialed in on building our team and and getting more um more properties co-hosting but ultimately too in that five years like we want to invest in our own and run it through that company and um and so in i would say the next at the end of this year uh goal is to have four acquired properties acquired um and probably using you know definitely using creative financing that's the only way it's going to work but getting that into our portfolio by the end of the year and then we also we want to get to 50k uh, a month in gross a year. So like last year we did 300,000 across the whole year, but we want to do 50K a month by the end of this year. And then three to five years, I mean, we're going to be, um, we're going to be in the 500,000 a month range is where we want to get to. So Hell yeah. um, as well as acquiring <laughs> our own. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's the goal. Um, and we want to, the other thing too, is because that experience, uh, I love the idea of, and this is a passion too, but I want to build, I want to get land and build like mm. from the ground up and create an experience um, for yeah, guests that'd be awesome. that way too. That would be, that's so awesome. And I, I, I'll, I'll get there. It'll, it'll definitely happen. Um, it's just yeah. finding the right spot and the location going through that. Yeah. That's awesome. So a yeah. couple questions uh, from that one is, I'm sure you've thought about it and you probably think about it often is how do you get from 50K a month to 500K a month and still maintain the small company, the boutique and the, you know, like not become the evolve, you know, mm -hmm. um, we talked about it a lot. Like that's what kind of sets you apart. You're more, um, you know, specialized with, with people and you're, you're hands on with them, you know, with this process. So how do you, how do you scale that with maintaining that that yeah. uh, same vision and and principle? Yeah, it's so 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 good. That's like a that's an excellent question. I think um, the main thing too is what's funny with the like Vacasa or Evolve. So like Evolve, um, they they'll do their marketing, but they're not. They don't have really boots on the ground. Like they they're you have to pretty much manage everything. You manage the cleaners and everything. Like Evolve doesn't manage full service. Mm. Uh, Vacasa, they full service, but they actually outsource to local man local like property managers within the area. Gotcha. And they'll, they're not, it's, it's so crazy when we talk with these property managers and, and different, like, like most of them, if they even answer the phone, they take forever to respond. It's like, it doesn't take, if you care, and and we're setting principles in the, the foundation for our company now. It's funny is like Philip and I, who's uh, you know my business partner, and, and I, we worked at this this the company that I'm prior to like the company that I'm at today for my W two, but before that, the the best company culture I've ever seen. It was number one Forbes, um, and yeah, like wow. it was in the top ten for a little bit. It was like, definitely in the top hundred, and it. it got all the way to number one. 
because they, they focused on culture and they focused on like that people first mentality. Yep. And, and truly I've taken that along away with me. And so has, has Philip, but I think if, as we're building our company, it's really focused on taking care of our team, taking care of our people within our team and helping then take care of our guests, right. And taking care of our clients, um, taking care of your people first and then our clients and everything. And then, and then whatever, whatever comes after that. But ultimately, if we can take care of our own, our cleaners, yep. making sure that yep. they feel like they're part of the team and we build out those things, um, we'll be good. Like we're going to continue to maintain that. We're, that's what makes it different than a Vacasa or a Ball is because Vacasa is in a numbers game, right? It's just volume, volume, volume. And we're in the experience game. So our metrics of what success looks like is different than a Vacasa. Um, we're not about volume. We're more about how do you leverage the properties that you do have, continue to have high ratings so that you can um, continue to you know be at the top of your game and leverage other sources of revenue too within the guest uh, promoting that guest experience and we yeah. want to be a brand that that people um, when they see like and they know that they, they want to stay at one of our places because they know they're going to get that best experience uh, and we want our team to help take us there so that's that's the only way that you don't become one of those it's such a great question and I think some of the things that um, Right now, we we just brought on someone new to the team, and um, and so that's that's been great, kind of onboarding them, and, and we just got to continue to build and scale from there. And when I get to there, like I'm 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 excited uh, to kind of you know, yeah. see that the culture and everything that we built from from here. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that that answer. Um, really resonates with me too. You know, I in a. Um, I've only actually worked at a few companies in my career, but I've, I'm in retail. So like I, I work at a regional grocery chain and, mm -hmm. um, in my first job as a, in retail and like grocery, it was, you know, it was just kind of run of the mill, you know, it was like, it sold some natural products and kind of tried to differentiate itself there. It wasn't really like st separating itself from the others. And then, I jumped over to where I'm at now, New Seasons Market, and it's all built around the principle of people first. And I really, you can see it, you know, when I started, it was just insane, like more people in the store. So you have better service. They're not worried about the job of throwing freight, but they're worried about how do you can interact and connect with people in the store. And the wage is higher than minimum wage. You have better benefits. All these things add up. And I think you're right on the right track. Like, I don't know that you could have answered that any better. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. It's, it's, unless you work for it, unless, so you're, you're experiencing it. And, and, and I, again, that's why it's, it's funny to see the journey going up to here. And it's like, I like the W2. It's still teaching me in, in how to be um, what's right and what's wrong about certain culture, company cultures and corporate structure. And, and when you do build and not trying to become robotic, but at a sense, you kind of do have to come build in processes and things like that sure. uh, to keep on the same page. But it doesn't mean you, you, you have to lose your, that culture and making sure that everybody is, is there for each other. And it's, it's more family oriented. Yeah. Um, and I, to you're experiencing it to actually, and I to actually see that and be a part of a company and actually see, you know, the CEO just kept it super simple, very simple. And every time he had the same 
delivery and same like speech pretty much every single time that we saw him present so consistent but he kept it simple you know he's like make the product better make the service support you know service better and just you know keep the main thing the main thing and uh and focus there and it, i don't know it just that company prior to the merger was um there's going to be nothing else ever like it in terms of especially about built in south florida it's pretty exciting and I'm, I'm glad I was able to be a part of, of that. Yeah. Um, and now, and now we see different experiences or different, like a culture shift, but it's just interesting to see that and be part of that. So now I've learned yeah. and kind of understand why those things change. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Dude. Cool. Um, that was, yeah, I, I really am passionate about that part of it. Like making, making sure that you have good processes, but the people are in your own team are going to help drive the change in your company and drive the growth. And so take care of them, make sure that, that you're, you're really doing right by them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, man, I had another question that I wanted to ask you and I like got so involved in that. I forgot it, but um, I'm, so we're, we're pretty much coming up on time here, but I, I did want to ask, um, you know, with the newborn, I think you said you had another child as well. You know, you've got your W2, you're doing all this. What, what does your schedule look like? Like, how do you, how did you come to the determination that you're going to put all this extra time into this, this business and how do you keep it structured for yourself right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been good. I mean, it's taking a lot of uh, a lot of like dropping certain things, um, and you know, it, it's been good though. Like I've always had like the entrepreneurial bug, um, and this is not the first. Uh, you know, I I started like an analytics consulting company, and then I I uh, I did try and build out something for for fantasy football, and like I've always had that that bug, and I I you know I. I work hard. Like I'm, I'm a hard worker. I, I like to work. Like I like to put in the time on, on things, uh, that I'm, that I'm passionate about. Like I just, I like to work. And so I, uh, when building out even before our, our late, our baby girl that we just had in the beginning of January, um, you know, we still had three-year-old and, uh, balancing that, that was by far the most important thing was in that certain times in the morning, and then after um, daycare, like in the afternoon or in the in the evening, giving my attention to that. So that's like a non-negotiable. And then uh, and then it's at night after we put like my son down. That's when I can. That's when I can work. So from like eight to midnight, eight to one, eight to like I have I wear I actually took it off because um, I have to like I have like a irritation or whatever on my arm, but I wear it all the time. The whoop band. Have you heard of it? Oh no! What's that? It's awesome. It's like one of the best. It tracks data. Like, uh, it's one of the best wearable tracking devices in uh -huh. ever. Like, it's just one of the best. They have, it's like a lot of great technology. There's some athletes. Patrick Mahomes wears it. Like, there's some. Um, it has so much data. It's, it it tracks your sleep. It tracks your um, uh, when you rest. Like, it tracks your 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 strain. So like, how are you straining? Oh, wow. Are you straining enough? Are you sleeping enough? Are you restoring like the body and it shows your heart rate? Like it was able to actually also track when people early 
indicators when you had COVID because it, could, it knows, you know, you're like oh, respira- wow. respiratory rate. Yeah. All these things. So when you look at it in my sleep, it's so funny. Uh, cause I'm, I'm in a group too with some other guys that are in this industry and, and, uh, and it's funny to see how little sleep you get, but it's, and I'm not just saying that that's like necessary. I think it is at, to a point when you have so many things that you're juggling, uh, sure. because only so much to give, right? Like a W2, you just, you, that's the thing you got to do right now. And uh, there might be during lunch, how can you be super, how can you shift your focus and be like, okay, I got to knock out this amount of time. And, and my wife's taught me a lot about that too, because she's, you know, she sacrifices a lot as well. Like she's hanging, she's picking up my son and, and spending a lot of time with him in the afternoon. And so she also has a job. So she, it's like, she fits in even more um, time, like more things in a very short amount of time, but she's hyper-focused. As soon as you kind of turn that timer on, it's like, yeah. I need to get this much done. And because you set that timer, you get it done. So when you're very focused and structured there, that's how um, I've been able to get up to this point where it's like very, very uh, um, like the, you know, I have, I'm very focused on what I need to get done in in, the, in a period of time, but being also the non-negotiables of like, I have to, I'm giving this time to, to family and, and doing those things and trying to balance to the best of my ability, but there's never a pure balance is something's got to give. Uh, yeah. Uh, honestly, like whether it's your physical health or like family time or whatever, like there's got to be a balance there for a period of time until you can build it up enough to where you can delegate. And that's kind of where we're at now. We're finally at the thing where we've built out a lot of systems and everything. We're, we're really focused on trying to build a team that can we can delegate out to and give us some more time so that we can be more strategic on where we're building instead of in the day-to-day. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, dude. Yeah. yeah. And automate. What was, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, the, the other thing, automations, right? Like if automate whatever you can, build processes whatever you like whenever you can, and it takes you a long way, but you have to have that. Like me and my business partner, like he'll, he'll run a lot of the day-to-day operations. I'll focus more on the marketing and sales, but I also will focus on trying to build out processes and, and where can we automate here and there. And it's like, if you can tweak it just a little bit every yeah. single day, just be consistent. But if you can do it every single day, before you know it, you'll, it's, you've built out, you built a company where you're like, Oh my God, I just, you know, last year it's like we had one and then now we have, uh, eight um and so like and by the end of this year we're gonna yeah. have you know close to 20 like that's our goal so um yeah it's just little by little every day kind of tweaking it and figuring out what works and doesn't work totally yeah that's huge um just going from one unit to eight within a year is is awesome and you know like you said earlier like you know your your trajectory where you're going and you clearly have the processes and systems and the mindset to get you to those, uh, those next steps and the milestone. So I'm, I'm looking forward to following along with you. I'm glad that we got to connect like this and meet and, you know, just again, looking forward to following along with what you're doing too. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. No, thanks for, for having me on and talking through this stuff. It's, I love, I love, uh, I love talking this stuff. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a, so I do a random question at the end. Um, I just want to ask you really quick. So for you, since you're a sports guy, 
what if if you were only allowed to watch one sport for the rest of your life, what which which sport would it be? Um I guess I'd say football. American football. Okay. Yeah. Um and uh just because you know I there's there's a ton when I when I was going through the like I was saying I, I was trying to build out a we were evaluating quarterbacks and like using data and, and using film watching film and when I was watching film and I was talking with uh you know some a couple of buddies that actually are like coaches and and actually really understand the X's and O's and got me I I truly appreciated even more on what it takes to to be a very successful team and be a successful quarterback and just the intricacies of it. Um, that is, I would say that I would say that sport. And um, yeah, cause I, I used to play, I grew up playing baseball. Um, my dad wouldn't like really let me play football because obviously injuries and all that. So I played baseball, but it wasn't really my passion. Um, so I would say, I'd say football. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Just a side note, as you're saying, your dad wouldn't let you play football. You've seen, have you seen the movie Happy Gilmore? Yes. Yeah, when he's like, Chubbs has got the wooden hand, he's like, oh, he wouldn't let me play. It's too dangerous. And it's like, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah and then, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that yes. worked out well. Yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, no, true, true. It's funny, too, because I, I, I rode like dirt bikes and everything growing up, too, with with my dad and but we did trail riding right so i wanted to do motocross cool. like i liked yeah. racing i like competing but uh again it's like you can get jacked up there and um yeah and so it's but i'm you know i'm grateful for it it's not like it's uh it didn't change it basically just made me you know focus on okay where where can i really dial in and, and focus in on and i played sports so that was a good playing sports in school and playing multiple sports is always helpful right from a leadership standpoint from a team camaraderie standpoint but also just staying active in there but i yeah. didn't you know i'm grateful that i didn't get uh seriously injured or put in a position where i was so yeah totally <laughs> yeah nice well thanks again for coming on man um how how do people get a hold of you what's the best way to reach you uh so you uh youtube is at its ITS Bobby Souza and then on Instagram it's at Bobby Souza but also our uh, short term rental companies at your relaxed stay R E L A X E D S T A Y um yeah that's the best on that's the best way to to reach us um yeah, awesome. feel free to DM me or you know I'm on Facebook Instagram Twitter all the things I'm on, I'm on all of them, not TikTok, but I'm on everything else. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. I'll, I'll put all that stuff into the description for everybody. So easy awesome. to, easy to follow links. Thanks yeah, again for cool. jumping on here, man. And yeah, thank for, you. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was great getting to connect with you. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks for setting this all up. Yeah, totally. And for everybody else listening, we'll catch you on the next episode.